There's a snap. There's a kick. It is up. It is. No good. No one missed. I think we got a heck of a shot of winning. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. For all you non-believers, disrespect us. Talk crap about the defense like we ain't the third best defense in the league. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Fitzpatrick. And so, Eric Decker holds it in. The Jets win in overtime. And the New York Giants, given the last rights by many in December, are the Super Bowl champs in February. This is NFL Friday. Going long on all news, reaction, and game picks for the Giants, Jets, and across the NFL on WFUV Sports. Welcome to NFL Friday, a production of WFUV Sports. It's week four in the National Football League. Lots of fun football. Great Thursday night football matchup between the Packers and and the Lions, the Lions really looking like a good football team through the first four weeks of the season. But I'm Will Talent, and I'm joined by Lauren Mondaruli and Joe Masters. Before we break down all the action we're going to cover for this episode, how are you guys doing today? Yeah, I'm doing great, Will. Um, we kind of talked the pre-show, but it's a little it's a little rainy and wet down here in the Bronx. Uh, I'm sure everyone has their own stories listening and especially on this podcast um so you know i've had better fridays but uh, i'm glad i'm on nfl friday i think that that salvages the day for me but yeah i'm good i am in the same boat joe i'm very excited to talk some football today it's been a good day other than the rain but i'm ready to talk some week four yeah monsooning in the bronx where we were talking like you were saying joe before we started the show uh just it's completely flooding Fordham's campus is just overrun with this crazy storm that we're getting, but that's not going to stop us from breaking down some week four early predictions, thoughts, all the action. We'll start with the Lions and the Packers Thursday night. Last night, that was a good game for the Lions. Some question marks for the Packers, although circumstances are a little different between the two teams then we'll jump to the locals the Giants second prime time game in a row third game uh, prime time game of four games this season they will play the Seahawks on Monday and then the Jets will host the Kansas City Chiefs reigning Super Bowl champions at MetLife Stadium on Sunday big game there still lots of questions once Aaron Rodgers went down with his Achilles injury there has been nothing but question marks for the New York Jets. Then to wrap up the show, the three of us will have a pick of the week. We'll go through one game each, pick a winner and the score, and we'll talk about it a little bit, a little fun segment to conclude our action this afternoon. So let's get right into it. Lions, they improve to 3-1, 34-20, the final score over the Packers yesterday. And guys, I said it to open the show, the Lions, they just really look better each week yeah I mean the lines to me are frightening uh I'm I'm also now just looking at their schedule and you play the Panthers next week the Bucks and then you play the Bears the Saints eventually later in the line the, the Lions could be a 
stellar team this year. And this is all without really using the, their 12th overall pick in Jameer Gibbs. I know that's right. a lot of the anger from fantasy football owners, including myself, is his lack of usage. But the fact that they're eventually you could kind of look at this as maybe saving him for later in the year. He doesn't have a large uh, workload, but yeah, they've not really used him in their three and one and they beat the chiefs on opening night and an impressive on the road against a division rival to come out on Thursday night football. And I'm going to say dominate because that's what it looked like to me. I got, I know I got close towards the end, but it really never felt like the Packers had that great of a chance. I know they got to within 10 points, but the lions just, Seem to be a well-oiled machine. Ben Johnson, offensive coordinator, has essentially revitalized Jared Goff's career, which really makes me happy to see. I was, I, know, I was watching the post game when uh, Jared Goff kind of went at Ryan Fitzpatrick. There, I don't know if you guys caught that, but uh, I'm just happy for the Lions. I know because they've been mired in mediocrity for seems like my entire life. Uh, so this is, you know, kind of exciting to see a new team in the NFC North. I feel the exact same way. I absolutely loved what I saw from the Lions. They had such a fast lead. They had 14 points in the first quarter, which led to an 11-point lead. And then by the half point, they had 24-point lead. The Lions just had such a better offensive game than the Packers, specifically rushing. The Lions had 211 rushing yards, and the Packers only had 27. And both quarterbacks only had one touchdown, but the difference between these offenses are shown between the running backs. Um, Montgomery on the Lions, he had 121 yards. Meanwhile, the Packers leader, Jones, only had 18. So Montgomery has been so incredible for the Lions so far this season, in my opinion. He's had at least one rushing touchdown in these first three games. And last night, he had three, which is just incredible. And I don't know if you guys caught this, but the Packers only had 21 yards at the end of the first half last night. And that's the fewest in the first half so far this season. And that's comparing to Detroit's first first half they left the field with 284 yards and I'm just so happy that they're finally leading the NFC North they've never won this title before so I think it's really just like a great momentum driving them forward through the rest of the season yeah I think the tandem of Montgomery and Gibbs has been really good for Gibbs and obviously the Lions overall um first year back I like that the Lions brought Montgomery in on a nice veteran three-year deal uh, split split some time, get some good experience from an experienced back in the NFL. And Montgomery really took over last night. Three touchdowns, came back from an injury. He had uh, some thigh bruises after week three or week two. He missed week three, came back for week four. And he was really up in the air, too, which was very intriguing. Um, On Wednesday, I, I saw a report that he was expected to not even touch the field, and then he ended up playing and he scored three touchdowns. So they definitely have a, a stronger offense than I anticipated, and Jared Goff is the leader of that offense. But to me, I think he's just been – he was just all right on Thursday. I don't think he was anything too special, but overall he's been pretty solid this season. As for last night, he was 19 of 28 with 210 yards. Did throw a pick. Now, one thing to note with Goff, he didn't do that a lot last year. Uh, to start the year in uh, week one, didn't throw a pick. Had 10 consecutive games without throwing a pick. And then in his last three, he has thrown one. So a little shaky. And that pick came on the first drive of the game. Actually, like the third play, I think. So uh, Jared Goff, I don't think he's amazing, but... He's definitely locked it down for the Lions to start this season. Yeah, I mean, Jared Goff doesn't like really need to be a 
<laughs> like he doesn't need to be Joe Burrow. He doesn't need to be lighting it up. He has so many weapons he can just distribute the ball to. Really, he just has to be a game manager. And you talked about uh, his ability or what well, I, I think he was close to that record of longest completion and a most completion yeah. without giving up an interception. I think he fell like 20 short, which is still incredibly impressive. Uh, but as long as he doesn't turn over the ball and he, he can make one of those throws every once in a while that you realize, oh, that's why he was the number one overall pick. Um, I don't think, you know, he's ever going to reach that level he had with Sean McVay. I think that was something that was special, but I also think he has a better offense around him. I think he has more weapons. I mean, that's just credit to the Lions front office. I mean, if you look at his last draft class, Jameer Gibbs, who is still an impact player that we talked about, he doesn't really maybe get the carries he deserves, but still dynamic whenever he's on the field. And they drafted Sam LaPorta, the tight end from Iowa. and He's great. Yeah, he's looked like, I mean, already maybe a top 10 tight end in the league. And that's coming into the NFL. So, I mean, just complete credit to the front office. They've kind of just revitalized the image around this team. Uh, Brad Holmes, and everyone knows about Dan uh, Dan Campbell. Uh, He's kind of just like a folklore in the NFL now. I think everyone everyone's kind of rooting for the Lions because of him. And, you know, they keep on winning and they keep on beating the Packers on the road. I mean, this division's theirs for sure. Yeah. Um, the Lions, they definitely, uh, to me, look like the most complete team in the NFC North. There's the Vikings, man. They just, they have not been able to recapture last year but even last year they were a little overhyped in my opinion they just ended up winning a bunch of games so this is really the lions year they've made some pretty impactful wins in the first four weeks and you noted it joe opened with a win against the chiefs the reigning super bowl champions that's that was huge and then going to lambo you know the packers are obviously not the chiefs but going to lambo is not an easy task no matter how good or bad the packers are and the lions did that and they did it in grand style. Amon Ross St. Brown, 56 yards and a touchdown. Um, he was good. He's continued to look like an excellent number one wide receiver. He, like we've been saying with the Lions getting better, I think he's a kind of player that gets better and better each week. He's a lot of fun to watch. Um, but Jared Goff definitely threw the ball um, all right through the ball round. The Lions, a great overall victory. Now for the Packers, because this team – not in the same position as the Lions, but I don't think they're in a terrible position. This team isn't too far from being pretty good in a couple years. They just, to start this year, they've had some health problems. I think Jordan Love has looked like a pretty solid quarterback sitting behind Aaron Rodgers for some years now. He finally gets his time. 23 of 36 yesterday, 246 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions, and five sacks. The sacks are what I want to point out because the Packers, they've uh, got some taken some hits from their O-line. They gave up 22 pressures last night against the Lions. But David Bakhtiari on IR, definitely a huge blow to the O-line. And the Packers... Five sacks. That obviously identifies the problem there. Not give, not allowing a lot of time for Jordan Love. Christian Watson comes back. But overall, what are your guys' thoughts on the Packers so far? And with Jordan Love in the complete fold now, he is the guy at Lambeau. What can we expect 
moving forward into week five for Green Bay? Yeah, I mean, well, you mentioned battle line and then young quarterback. That's usually a disaster recipe for any franchise. But I think I think Jordan Love, I think this is I think Jordan Love's a good example. Uh, also, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter. I think these young quarterbacks, I think it's an example of why I hate Twitter during the NFL season. I mean, it's great <laughs> to get news, but you look at these young quarterbacks and name me a young quarterback in NFL history who didn't struggle, who didn't have yeah. rough games the rookie season. I mean, it's going to happen. And I think maybe this, you know, Jordan Love dialogue, uh, and, and I'm going back to Ryan Fitzpatrick because he kind of started a little bit. He said, I've seen a lot of Jordan Love shirts in the crowd, not a lot of jerseys. I don't think the fans are sold on them on that either. It's like, you look at these young quarterbacks, you know, they're going to struggle. They're like, And I think Jordan Love is a byproduct of the success he had the first two weeks. I think he had six touchdowns, no interceptions, and maybe yeah. fans think this is going to be, you know, the standard. This is what it's going to be every week for Jordan Love. But it's just kind of what it's like to be a young quarterback in the NFL. It's ups and downs. And when I look at the Packers, I I would not be surprised if they finish 8-9, and 9-8, nine, nine and because I think that's kind of where they are right now. They're a good team, but I think they have a young quarterback and in his rookie season, essentially, and uh, injured and not great offensive line. But they have terrific coaching. And I think Jordan Love, there's something there. Uh, so I don't, I don't, don't think they're going to be bottom of the barrel per se. I think the Bears are holding that position down in the NFC North for sure. Yep. Um, but I know I'm, I'm just, I'm more intrigued. I don't know if the expectation is necessarily the playoffs for the Packers. I think you know they have maybe mm-hmm. a year or two to go. Um, yeah. But, you know, losing at home on prime time is no matter if you're competing for a Super Bowl or not, you never want to do that, especially against a division rival. But you know, I think the Packers can definitely salvage this season for sure. I definitely feel the same exact way. The Packers are definitely hurting after their loss to Detroit last night, but it's going to happen, you know, especially with your young quarterback, but he's going to grow into the great player. Cause I, I have a lot of potential in Jordan love. I think he's going to be a really great player next year, maybe the year after, but the team altogether just has a lot of growing right now, especially with bouncing back from injuries and trying to figure out what pieces are going to work, what pieces aren't going to work. But I see them, growing more throughout the season. Their next game's against the Raiders. I see them taking that win. It's just going to be a long season for them, and it's going to be a lot of back and forth. Yeah, I think it's going to be a growing season for them. Uh, Jordan Love, I like what I've seen out of him. I know the last two weeks haven't been spectacular, but overall I think the tools that were shown at in, at Utah in college by him are there and they're starting to they're starting to click a little bit. Obviously, you got to go through some bumps in the road, but what the Packers have done uh, is a good job of giving him some resources while he was behind Rodgers. Like Christian Watson, to me, is a good little receiver. He uh, was hurt for the first few weeks, came back only two receptions for 25 yards, but he still caught a touchdown. He had a great year last year. So I don't think this is I, – I think this is really a um, – developmental year and a year of growth for green bay and that could end up being a good season i wouldn't put playoffs in that possibility though who knows maybe they have a good run like the Lions did last year and kind of stay afloat in the conversation but if i'm a packers fan i'm really looking at this season as potential growth development something where we'll take our core pieces into the next year and hopefully they take a leap up from whatever they do this year. But 
That was Thursday night football. Nice in-division game. Let's talk some locals now, though, guys. Let's let's start with Big Blue. Started the show by saying this is their second straight primetime game. Thursday night football against the 49ers on week three. Now Monday night football at MetLife Stadium against the Seattle Seahawks. They dropped that game against the Niners 30-12. to Not a great game by any means. Um, kind of went as I expected, going to lose by two scores. The Giants, they have not been as advertised as I would say, being a Giants fan. Not They have not played as advertised over this summer. How can Big Blue navigate to a W? What do you guys think? Uh, I mean, first, you know, getting healthy is most important when you have of course your two best players are injured. Andrew Thomas, you know, that's probably yeah. probably the most important position in the in the NFL, probably the most underappreciated. And obviously Saquon Barkley. I mean, the uh, Giants offense runs through Saquon Barkley, and if he's not out there, they don't really have a chance. Um, but I'm looking forward to to Monday night's game. It's, easily the most important game of the season it might be the most important game for them like when the season's over we might look back to this game and say this either defined it or ended it because when you look at it it's prime time we all know about the giants well i'm sure you know about the giants prime time oh, um and oh, say the giants because i know a lot of people like to go oh, daniel jones record in prime time but it is the team you know it's it, not no it's totally the team man they've had they haven't had this many prime time games like since i can remember since watching yeah. them so like they they're just notorious for that they do not play well on primetime games and they have like four or five this year it's crazy yeah so this is a game where and i don't want to i'm gonna look ahead in a second but i'm gonna stay put right now the seahawks are probably right around the giants level of i agree play ability but so it's winnable and you're at home and you're on prime time and now, looking ahead, at, depending on what happens here, no matter what, you're going to into Miami to play the Dolphins, which is mm-hmm. a team that just scored 70 points, which is going to be tough. And then the following week, you're on primetime again in Buffalo, which is another tough matchup. Those are two, in my opinion, probable losses that we're looking at. Uh, I would be shocked if they won one of those games just by the level that the Dolphins and the Bills have been playing at and the fact that one of those games is on primetime. Um, I hate to carry that stereotype, but it, I mean, it's held true. Um, so this is an opportunity for the Giants to get a win when it, the future of this, and the next couple of weeks are looking pretty bleak and you're playing a Seahawks team, which you can compete against. I expect it to be close. And if it's not, if it's another 30 to 12 showing or God forbid, a 40 to nothing showing, I think we need to start asking some serious questions about where the season's heading for, for big blue, but I, it's definitely, I'll say it's an opportunity for the Giants, for sure. I think their defense needs to step it up big time. And the Giants know it, the players know it, the coaches know it. Everyone on the Giants know. Last week against the Niners, they missed 16 tackles, which is insane. And I saw an article today, today's practice was, like, for their defense, it was tackling focus. They just did drills and drills and drills for tackling, which I think is really important. And hopefully we see some improvements on the field for Monday. But another like very important aspect for the Giants is they have to start off strong. All three games so far this season, they have not held the lead at all in the first half. Even their win against the Cardinals, they were down 20 heading into the third. Getting that like the first score and then keeping the lead throughout the first 
quarter, the second quarter is so important because then you go back to the locker room and you like talk with your teammates and you're already like excited for the second half and you don't have to like try and pull it together. Like it's already together. You just got to keep continuing the trend and keep going. Yeah, about the defense, I'm glad you brought that up, Lauren. It always feels like so far this year, there's something that's not clicking. It's either the defense or it's the offensive line or it's the offense. There's always one department on the Giants roster that is just not clicking for a certain game. Sometimes it's all of them, kind of like against Dallas. I don't think there was a single good unit out there on the field present whatsoever. Not not even special teams. (laughs) Not even their first opportunity to score any points. And it was blocked for six. That's crazy, man. Primetime game though. So with the giants this week, you guys pretty, pretty much summed it up. Like, how I would have said it. This is to me is another must win. This is your second must win game in four weeks. That is crazy already. The the giants need to get back to 500 before the slate of games that you mentioned, Joe, because there it's just not, it's going to be a dumpster fire roll down the hill kind of scene because their schedule is so much tougher this year. They're playing tougher divisions and what does that say? That proves that what the all the hype was around for the offseason still was not enough to bring them over the top in just their own conference, let alone their own division. They they still cannot compete with two of the three other teams in their own division. Um that's their main issue. They cannot compete with the Cowboys. They cannot compete with the Eagles. Forget about the rest of the conference. So like you said, Joe, this is a more of an evenly matched game for the Giants. The Seahawks beat them last year. But even that game was evenly matched. The Giants just didn't play well. What I think the Giants really need to do, and they are kind of forced to without Saquon Barkley, who is back at practice, and he was optimistic from day one that he would play in this game, but we'll see. And as you said, Joe, Andrew Thomas, one of the best left tackles in all football, still not a participant in practice. So another question mark before Monday. Um, The Giants simply need to pass the ball more. They need to to find short routes, any routes whatsoever. I know when you have your best lineman down, it, it makes it tough, but when that line does click, we saw it against Arizona. You just give him, you give Jones just another second or two, make some quick dump off passes. You just got a really great wide receiver in Darren Waller. Use him even more than you already do. Jalen Hyatt, when you use him, he's looked not terrible. So why don't you give him more targets per game? See what happens. So throwing the ball more, we'll see the Giants in a tough spot already through four weeks. But now let's turn to the other side of the stadium, MetLife Stadium, that being. And let's talk about the New York Jets. The New York Jets, they will host the reigning Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, on Sunday. And this season has already turned into a complete melting pot for New York. Zach Wilson getting a boatload of criticism, kind of as expected, I want to say, once he entered play. Joe Namath, can't stand him, thinks his play is disgusting. He also said, I don't believe in him. I don't believe he has a future as a good player. Robert Saleh, 
head coach of the New York Jets. He also made comments on Wilson's play saying he needs to play better. So guys, where is the Jets season headed? All I can see is criticism of Zach Wilson. And I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it, but all I'm seeing is just a lot of criticism, 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 instead of just, you know, just let him play, let, let the season unfold. But I understand the tensions. Where are we going if we are the New York Jets this year? Yeah, we're going to a uh, probably a dark, dark place. Going to uh, a dark cave? Is that where we're going? Yeah, for a couple we're probably going to the depths of Trevor Simeon, it's looking like. We um, should go on a retreat with Aaron. Yeah, oh yeah, I know, right? Um, no, but I, I'm. If I was a Jets fan, I'd be deeply concerned. And uh, at this point, like you said, well, everyone's loves to point fingers at Zach Wilson. It's kind of like become a almost like a hobby for a lot of people. You know, just yeah. going at Zach Wilson on Twitter after the game. Even the reporters are getting on it. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty brutal. And at this point, I'm not blaming Zach Wilson anymore. I'm blaming the people who put a continue to put him on the field. And that's Robert Sala and Joe Douglas. Uh, I mean, they, like I said, they went out and got Trevor Simeon. Uh, it's probably two or three weeks too late. I mean, it's kind of a nothing move, but it's kind of like signed up to the practice squad too. Yeah. It's kind of like throwing dirt at a wall. I mean, it's, what are you doing? I mean, you, you put Zach Wilson, who at this point we know it's not going to work out in New York, at least who knows for the rest of his career. It's just one of those scenarios where it's just not going to work out in a certain in a certain place, in a certain city, in a certain team. Yeah. And you look at his stats so far in three games, two touchdowns, four interceptions. In three games, he's thrown for 467 yards in three games. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has surpassed that total in one game <laughs> many times in his career. I mean, it's just – and you, you saw Willie Gay on the Chiefs. They asked him what he, what he looks at when he sees the, the Jets on film, and he says a team that loves to run the ball. And that's a translation for a team that can't throw the ball. And it's, you know, it's tough. And I agree with Jonah Amoth and I'm hoping Zach Wilson can turn it around. You know, I don't want to root for anyone to fail, but at this point it's, it's almost malpractice putting him out there. He hasn't shown any glimmers of hope. He had one drive against the Patriots, but you know, you only scored 10 points and taking away that power return for touchdown in week one, they've only scored 10 points in all of their games. The Jets, this offense is, Statistically, the worst in the NFL, and then my eye test—they're the worst in the NFL. I mean, the Bears are probably close second, but I don't know. I think I think the Jets need to have a backup plan, a quarterback. It should have been done last week, the week before. Uh, it's kind of amazing to me they're trotting him out again against the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football, which is just going to be. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't even know if I want to watch that. Uh, to be honest, so yeah, it's a it's a scary time for Jets fans, but I mean. They they're used to it, so yeah. I fear this is another losing season for the Jets. I obviously, as a New York fan, we all had hopes that Aaron Rodgers was going to turn us around, and here we all are missing him so much heading into Week Four. And it's just so tough to watch the Jets' offense. And I don't even want to blame Wilson anymore. I think it's just like a, a lot of missing pieces part of this team. And Wilson is, of course, one of the pieces that is not working right now, but. I don't know. You can't just blame one person for the downfall of an entire team. Like if you're giving up this many points, it's obviously your defense is not working too. If you can't like run the ball, that's not working. There's so many little aspects to make a football team successful. But as for Namitz and and his like talk about Wilson, I think 
like nobody's loving Wilson right now. So it's understandable that he is giving out all this hate to him on the Michael K show. But Wilson's not been what the Jets needed or wanted either. And I think Wilson's response to this has, was good as well. He's very respectable or respected, nameth, sorry. And it was just like, he answered very, like, nicely. And he could have been very mean about it. He could have been, no one supported me here in New York since I had a rough start mid-season last season. But it's just a very tough situation for Zach Wilson and the Jets right now. Yeah, it's kind of tough on everybody over there for the Jets. Um, Tough game. Tough game coming up against the Chiefs. I don't really have a whole lot on the game. It's just kind of the situation. If the Jets had Aaron Rodgers, there'd be a lot to talk about with this game. But to me, it just it, it's kind of it's kind of funny that they're the hard knocks team right now because they get Aaron Rodgers and he's turning into this like reality TV personality kind of guy for me. Like he just is the way that he goes about his day. Oh my god, he's hysterical. Um, but it's just, that's, that's how I see it right now. There's always just some different dialogue that's going on. And it's just like an always like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like everyone's chiming in, getting their takes. And it's just crazy. Another example, Aaron Rodgers, he's given his criticisms from the sideline, which is fine, you know, but it's just like, this is just perfect for the situation of the Jets season. Like I'm not saying he's not entitled to say anything, but it's just like, dude, I think there's like other things to worry about right now, man. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if he's going to play another game in the NFL. <laughs> it's, yeah, just... it's, it's kind of like everyone has an opinion, but no one really has a solution. It's yeah. Just... I, yeah. It's like, I understand he's like supporting his team. Right. I'm like, obviously I'm all for that, but it's just like, dude, <laughs> you tore your Achilles. Like, you and Zach are probably just out of the plans now for the Jets. They have had to start all over once again. So I I don't know. This season has become, and I'll leave it at this, more of a reality kind of TV show season than it should have been for the Jets. thought this team was going to win 10 games. I just don't think that's even in the realm of possibility at this point. But we'll see. Chiefs. Jets Sunday night football. Let's hop in to our final segment before we go on this NFL Friday. And that's going to be the pick of the week. All three of us will pick a game. We'll pick our winner and we'll pick the score. We'll talk about it for a little bit and then we'll wrap our show up. So I'll, I'll start game. I'm most intrigued about dolphins at bills three, and oh, the Miami dolphins, the bills two and one. This is a great matchup, and the Dolphins have looked very impressive, in my opinion. Very, very impressive. I think beyond the scores, uh, obviously 70-20 to last week against the Broncos, it's pretty daunting. But I think beyond the scores, it's um, they're having a very impressive season. Give me the Dolphins over the Bills, 24-21. They're not going to put up a lot of points like they did last week, but I think they edge a big game out against a huge division rival and by a small margin, 24, 21 Miami over Buffalo. Yeah. I'm this wasn't the game I picked because I purely just assumed someone else was going to pick it because it's, I mean, when you look at the schedule for this week, that's just, it's, it stands out to you. It's 
big game. Yeah, I mean, it's Dolphins Bills, and it's it's crazy that it's on a uh, one p.m. slot, which is nuts unreal. To me. Especially, yeah, especially when good. you look at the Sunday night game. Um, yeah, I, I I actually think this is going to be uh, a chance for NFL fans to maybe have a little bit of a reality check with with the Dolphins, and that's not to say they're going to get blown out or destroyed or anything like that, but I think maybe the impression around this team is that they're unstoppable automatic 40 points every game. And I think while it's the case that they have a elite offense and elite coach, I, they're not playing the Broncos every week. They, you know, that's, that's not the case. Um, and I think Buffalo is probably one of the hardest places to go into and come away with a victory. Very few teams have done it. Um, and the bills are getting hot. I mean, ever since week one, whatever that was, it almost seems like, years ago now uh, when that was a reality. Uh, but the Bills have looked great. They whooped my, my team last week. Very painful. Very little of that game was actually watched by me. Uh, <laughs> so, but what I, from what I did see, the Bills look like they are, are back. And, it's, you know, Josh Allen has always been that type of quarterback um, where he'll make mistakes, but he'll also make throws where you've never seen that before. So I'm going to go with the Bills at home, I think it's going to be a really close game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I'm going to go 31 to 28. Mm. I'm also going to go with the Bills just because DeMar Hamlin's coming back this week. It was announced right before we started recording, actually. I think Bills Nation is going to be going wild. I think Josh Allen is going to have an amazing game. And then I just think my Miami Dolphins, right? Yes. Sorry. little brain flop. But I think that they're going to be a little – a little out of their comfort zone. It's going to be cold, and they're not going to be ready for that. The fish do not do well in the cold. But um, I definitely have bills. I'm going to go 23-10. Wow. Low uh, 10 points for the yeah. Dolphins. I just think that they're going to be a little too overwhelmed by everything going on. Okay, fair one. Fair one. I'm very, I'm very excited for that game. I have a lot of fantasy implications around that game as well. Tyreek Hill has been posted that's up what, weeks. That's why, that's why you. That's oh, why you. Pitch. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Tyreek Hill. It was Jalen Waddle last year. I just, I love yeah. the wide receiver tandem that we got going on. They're great for fantasy, and they make it for some great football. But with that being said, you guys, are there any other games? that you guys think have any sort of intrigue to you on this slate of games? Yeah, I got one. I got one. I'll go quick because I know we only have a certain amount of time here on Zoom. But um, I, one game that stood out to me was Browns and the Ravens. And Aha, uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, whenever, whenever, I see, whenever, whenever I see a division matchup uh, against two good teams in the division, it always I'm, – I'm picking that one. Um, it's – and there's a lot of storylines going to this one. Who knows if Deshaun Watson's playing? OBJ, I just saw it was announced that he's not playing. Uh, and it's it's a crucial game for both of these teams. And it's almost like they're going to be missing big plays. They're both missing, could potentially be missing big players on their squads. And when I look at the Browns, DTR may be starting. That's exciting because mm. Deshaun Watson hasn't done a lot for me personally. I don't think, you know, he elevates him that much. And the Browns at home, their defenses looked amazing. The offensive defensive line have also looked amazing. I'm going to go with them 23 to 20 over the Ravens. Ooh, wow. Okay. Yeah, Ravens had a just blew it against the Colts last week. So not Browns, too high right now. Browns over the Ravens, I think. Wow. 
I have Deshaun in fantasy, and I just don't like how he's been playing. So I benched him this week because I think the Ravens will have a little bounce back week this week. I think that they take a close game here against the the Browns. Um, yeah, I, I just there's something in me. I just like I like the I like the Ravens in this in this division uh, matchup. I will go, let's see, let's go 21-18 Ravens over the Browns. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think Browns are going to take this one. I'm going to do 23-20. I'm thinking it's going to be a very close score, very back and forth throughout it, throughout the entire game. But I think it's going to be a really exciting one, but Browns are going to win at home. So there it is. Browns, Browns, Ravens. Well, that's going to do it for NFL Friday. The Lions take down the Packers on Thursday night football. The Giants, another must win against the Seahawks in their third primetime game of the season. And the Jets don't really know the situation going on. You kind of got to go week by week. Big Sunday night football game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Lots of fun football waiting for us in this week four of the NFL season. But that's going to do it for NFL Friday. I'm Will Talent for Joe Masters and Lauren Mondaruli. This has been a production of WFUV Sports. There's a step. There's a kick. It is up. It is no good. No one missed. I think we got a heck of a shot of winning. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. For all you non-believers, disrespect us, talk crap about the defense, like we ain't the third best defense in the league. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Fitzpatrick. And so, Eric Decker holds it in. The Jets win in overtime. And the New York Giants, given the last rights by many in December, are the Super Bowl champs in February. This is NFL Friday, going long on all news, reaction, and game picks for the Giants, Jets, and across the NFL on WFUV Sports.